1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. This is part 13 of of the series. In Acts chapter 22, Paul taught according to the perfect manner of the Torah of our fathers. What does it mean that he sat at the feet of Gamaliel? It means he was taught the Torah from Gamaliel. In Mark's version of the account of John chapter 6, we have this information in verse 39. As it is written, he commanded them to make all sit down by company upon the green grass and they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties this is an allusion or a reference back to exodus in chapter 18 in exodus chapter 18 we have an account where jethro says to moses you know by doing everything yourself it causes too much burden upon you why don't you elect elders who will teach the people and if there's any question that's too hard then they can come to you so in exodus chapter 18 and verse 19 it is written hearken now unto my voice and i will give you counsel and god will be with you be thou for the people to Godward that you may bring the causes unto god and you shall teach them ordinances and laws and you will show them the way that they must walk and the work that they must do verse 24 5 and Moses chose able men out of all Israel and he made them heads over the people rulers of thousands hundreds rulers of fifties and rulers of tens John chapter 6 and verse 10 it states that there was much grass in that place grass is representative or symbolic of the world because the world is covered the ground that is with grass Isaiah chapter 40 verse 6 the voice says cry and he said what shall i cry all flesh is grass john chapter 6 in verse 11 it tells us that yeshua took the loaves that would be the five loaves which represents the torah the five books of the torah and when he had given Thanks. He distributed the five loaves to his disciples. That's prophetic of he would be taking the Torah and teaching it to his disciples. And then the disciples to the nations, to them that had sat down, the multitude. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would. John chapter 6 verse 12. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments. Gather is a reference, an allusion to gathering the exiles of Israel Psalm 147 and verse 2 it is written the Lord builds up Jerusalem what is the building up of Jerusalem he gathers together the outcasts or the exiles of Israel Isaiah 56 verse 8 it is written the Lord God which gathers the outcasts of Israel John chapter 6 verse 12 he said gather up the fragments gathering Is a deeper meaning to gathering the exiles of Israel. How are you going to gather them? Take the five loaves, which I have distributed and given to you, and you give these five loaves to the multitude, to those in the nations. Gather up the fragment. A fragment is a remnant. And in gathering the exiles of Israel, it prophesies that, that a remnant will return. Isaiah, in chapter 10, verse 21, it says, The remnant shall return even the remnant of Jacob unto the mighty God Isaiah in chapter 10 and verse 22 it is written for though the people of Israel be as the sand of the sea yet a remnant of them shall return then Isaiah chapter 11 in verse 16 it is written there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people which shall be left from Assyria. Finally, we have Jeremiah in chapter 23, in verse 3, as it is written, And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them. Back to John chapter 6, in verse 12. Gather up the fragments that remain so that none is lost. Lost is a term that refers to the northern kingdom because they were assimilated in the nations of the world and in assimilating, they took upon the identity of the people who they assimilated and intermarried with, and they lost their personal identity regarding who they were as a people. But the exiles of Israel are never lost in the eyes and the understanding of the God of Israel. Ezekiel, in chapter 34, in verse 11, it is written, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will boast, search my sheep and seek them out. Yahweh Elohim, the good shepherd, the Messiah of Israel, is going to search for his sheep and seek them out. And then it says in Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 16, I will seek that which was lost. Gather so that none is lost. Athriam is regarded as lost, or really assimilated into the nations of the world. In Hosea chapter one, we're told about a marriage between Gomer and Hosea and the first of their children that is mentioned from the marriage is Hosea chapter 1 verse 4 and the name of the child is Jezreel which means God will sow or God will scatter then it says in Hosea chapter 7 verse 8 Ephraim has mixed himself among the people then it says in Micah chapter 5 verse 7 and the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people the result of the disciples doing what Yeshua instructed them to do that is taking the five loaves the five books of Moses and the two fish that is the two houses of Israel Ephraim and Judah that if they would make the multitude sit down that is to teach them Torah and they would be able to gather up the fragments so that none is lost and the result will be the gathering of the twelve tribes of Israel represented by the twelve baskets. In John, in chapter 6, in verse 13, it is written, Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets. This is an example that we're sharing with you in Yeshua's earthly ministry to help you understand that he not only died on the tree to unite the twelve tribes of Israel, but his entire earthly ministry is centered around and focused regarding his role as the Messiah to gather the exiles of Israel. Next we're going to look at the parable of the prodigal son and see how this is related and associated to Messiah explaining his role to gather the exiles of Israel and the interaction in doing so between the northern kingdom and southern kingdom Ephraim and Judah and Luke in chapter 15 in verse 11 it says a certain man had to sons. The parable is about two sons. The two sons are Ephraim, that would be the northern kingdom, and Judah, that would be the southern kingdom. When the nation of Israel was brought out of Egypt, they are regarded as being the son of God. In Exodus in chapter 4, in verse 22, it is written, Thus you shall say unto Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Ephraim is regarded as É son of the god of Israel in Jeremiah in chapter 31 and verse 20 as it is written is ephraim my dear son is he a pleasant child in Luke in chapter 15 in verse 12 we see how the prodigal son wants to take his inheritance and it says that he told his father father give me the portion of goods that fall to me, and he divided unto them his living. This is going to let us know that this is referring to Ephraim because the inheritance is the birthright blessing. And what you're supposed to do with the birthright blessing is if anyone in the family who has departed from the ways of the family, the one with the birthright blessing is to get a double portion so that he can be and redeem those of the family who have departed and walked away and have become in First Chronicles chapter 5 verse 2 we can see how the birthright blessing was given to Joseph or Ephraim. For Judah prevailed above his brethren and of him came the chief ruler. But the birthright or the birthright blessing or the blessing of the firstborn was given to Joseph. In Luke in chapter 15 in verse 13 it says, And not many days after the younger son Gad gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. That is what Ephraim or the northern kingdom did. In Ezekiel, in chapter 23, in verse 2, it is written, Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother. Verse 3, and they committed whoredoms. Ezekiel chapter 23, verse 4, it says, Their names was Samaria, or the northern kingdom, which is Ohalah. And then it says in Ezekiel chapter 23, verse 5, that Ohalah, or the northern kingdom, that they played the harlot. Going back to Luke in chapter 15, it says in verse 14, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. This is a reference to Amos chapter 8 and verse 11, which says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord or a famine for hearing the words of the Torah. Going back to Luke in chapter 15 and verse 14 says in this parable that there arose a famine in the land. That means that there was a famine regarding the Torah. Then it goes on to say that he began to be in water. Want. in verse 15 he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine well it prophesies in hosea in chapter 9 and verse 3 that the northern kingdom or ephraim and their exile in assyria that they would feed on unclean foods as it is written and they shall not dwell in the lord's land but ephraim shall return to egypt and they they shall eat unclean things in Assyria. Then the parable goes on to say that as a result, the younger son he came to his senses and he says in Luke chapter 15, verse 18, I will arise and go to my father. Arise is a Hebraic idiom for being awakened from spiritual slumber. And when you're awakened from spiritual slumber, you realize that you've departed from Torah. Psalm 102, verse 13 is written, you will arise. Arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time has come. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. Arise, shine for your light has come. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 6. That you will arise and go to Zion. That is the words that will be spoken by the watchman upon Mount Ephraim. This is what the prodigal son said. Then in Luke in chapter 15 verse Eighteen And arising and going to his father, he says to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Leviticus, in chapter 26, in verses 40 and 42, we can see the principle that repentance must precede restoration. Leviticus, chapter 26, verse 40 says, If they will confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers, confession of sin, then we see in verse 42, restoration. Then will I remember my covenant with Jacob, my covenant with Isaac, and my covenant with Abraham, and I will remember the land. Luke chapter 15 and verse 20, it is written, He arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion or mercy, fell on his neck and kissed him. Therefore, we see that the prodigal son was shown compassion compassion or mercy. We see from Jeremiah chapter 31 that Ephraim repents and is shown mercy from his father. Jeremiah in chapter 31 in verse 18, it is written, I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself. You have chastised me and I was chastised as a bullock unaccustomed to the yoke. Verse 19, surely after that I was turned, I repented. Then it says in verse 20 is Ephraim my dear son I will surely have mercy on him says the Lord the response then from his father is not only that he's going to show him compassion but the father is going to celebrate with a wedding celebration Luke chapter 15 and verse 21 and the son said to him father I have sinned against you and in your sight I'm not even worthy to be called your son but the father said to his servant bring forth the best robe put it on him put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet bring the fatted calf kill it and let us eat and be merry this is the joy of a wedding celebration and the best robe is the wedding garment we can see that the ingathering of the exiles is likened to the joy of a wedding Isaiah chapter 51 verse 3 the Lord will comfort Zion what is the comfort of Zion it is joy and gladness that will be found there. Then it says in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 11, the Lord has redeemed Jacob. What happens when Jacob is redeemed? Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance. Now we have Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 7, which says, I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return. We're talking about the ingathering of the exiles of Israel. Israel. Then it says in Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 11, the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride. This is marriage or wedding talk. And what is linked with the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride? I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first. That is the end of the exile of the house of Jacob. So the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel Israel is likened unto a marriage. And when the prodigal son comes home, the father wants to celebrate and have this wedding celebration. Prophetically, when the 12 tribes of Israel are united at Yeshua's second coming in the messianic era, he is going to be marrying his bride. And Luke in chapter 15 and verse 25, this is how the elder son responded. The elder son was in the field and he heard the music and the dancing and he called one of his servants and asked what do these things mean this is prophetic because what we see happening around us is when we encounter Jewish people and they see that we're seeking to keep the Sabbath and the biblical festivals and eat biblically clean foods and not eat pig they wonder why you're doing this in their minds they say you're not Jewish why are you doing these things they don't know what it means they don't recognize what is happening and the fact that they have this reaction they are fulfilling the prophecy that Yeshua spoke about in this parable of the prodigal son now we have in Luke chapter 15 and verse 27 this answer that his servant said to him your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound so the elder son this will be Judah or the Jewish people was angry and he would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. In verse 29, the elder son said, Lo, these many years do I serve you, meaning follow the Torah, but neither trust I at any time your commandment. I have been faithfully following the Torah and I've been doing it exactly as you want me to do. Then how come you never gave me this celebration that I may make merry with my friends? So you see the issue that the elder son son to him was he saw that he was following Torah and he didn't think it was fair that the younger son who he sees as committing adultery and being and committing whoredom and being unclean that he comes to the father and he repents and says I need to return to Torah and hasn't been following the Torah that the father celebrates with this big wedding celebration he feels that it is unfair you see the younger son was so far away from the Torah that he knew that he needed to repent. And so he asked his father to forgive him and to repent. But the elder son, he was close enough or he perceived he was close enough to his father and his father's house that he saw or he perceived that he was following the Torah exactly the way it should be followed. So he didn't feel a need in his heart that he needed to repent for not following the Torah. So you can see how the prodigal son, when returning to his father, was returning to the Torah. And that is what's happening in these days and the times in which we're living. So many non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah are realizing through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that the way they need to express their faith in Yeshua as the Messiah is to love him and to keep his commandment, which is to follow Torah. This is a sign that we are close to the wedding celebration of this Terrible, which is the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. You see, the elder son believed he was following Torah, but what is the Torah that the elder son is following? He's following the Torah of the rabbis, which is known as the oral law. In the Midrash Rabbah, volume 6, page 736, it explains that from an Orthodox Jewish point of view, the oral law or the Talmud was given at Mount Sinai, it says they were all given to Moses on Sinai and they contain statutes and ordinances, the Torah, the Mishnah, the Talmud and the Haggadah. In the Midrash Rabbah, volume 6, page 613, it states that the Mishnah or the oral law is greater than the written scripture itself and that the rabbis have the authority to interpret the application of the Torah and the way that they apply the application of the Torah, they see as being the correct way to follow the Torah. From the Midrash Rabbah, Volume 9, page 32, it explains from the Orthodox Jewish point of view that the injunction of the rabbis are more beloved than those of the written Torah because if a man says there is no command to put on phylacteries thus transgressing a precept of the written Torah, he is subject to no penalty from the written Torah. But if he says there are five components in the phylacteries thus transgressing the injunction. Of the rabbis, he is subject to penalty. In the Midrash rabah volume nine, page thirty-three, the rabbis teach that their authority to interpret the Torah comes from Deuteronomy in chapter seventeen and verses eight through eleven. And commenting on Deuteronomy chapter seventeen, verse eleven, they explain that whatever the rabbis tell you to do, you ought to do. In rabbinic Judaism, they see it's a Commandment to wash your hands before you eat, or you're violating the Torah. But Yeshua explained in Luke in chapter 11, verses 37 through 39, he sat down with the Pharisees and he didn't wash his hands. He was regarded as violating the oral law, but since he's the lawgiver, he knows how to interpret his own law. He did not violate the Torah. Well, that's going to conclude part 13 of the series on the subject. Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.